Peace, peace, peace. Mic check, mic check, mic check. Right. Yeah, my grandfather fought. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We got families that fought wars. We know that our ancestors fought wars and died. We know that we work this land. There's going to be a level of some minor pride in that. Um, but they would never understand that. That's a, that's a, that's coming from, and that's rooted in some history. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now, granted, that's I'm not going to do it. I acknowledge that my daddy or my granddaddies and them and my great grandfathers and them did that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They got the little American flag, you know, triangle thing in the house and all of that stuff right there. They were soldiers. You know what I'm saying? So I can't disrespect a soldier. I mean, could that be me not be disrespecting my grandfathers and them and that? But I know they came home from wars just to be called niggas. I know that, you know. Some people, some of our people fought in those wars. Um, more of a, uh, as a hope of freedom. Mm-hmm. People promised freedom. British promised you freedom. The, the 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 colony promised you freedom. We had brothers who fought on both sides. They went on here. They went later on, and they fought in the Civil War. And people fought on the wrong side. You had some slaves who sat down there and fought with the Confederates. So, all right, let me let me hop in real quick. Hold on, some crazy shit. But it happened. Yeah, let me hop in real quick. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is episode 76 of the Fire This Time podcast. My name is Sonny Ture. I'm Aki D. And uh, today, we just hopped in uh, and started talking about uh, nationalism, black nationalism, and, you know, just how it's such an intricate topic when we think about our national identity as black Americans, as new Africans. Yeah. And, you know, the conversation where we started recording that it was discussing how do we reckon with the attachments that we do have to this country that that does exist amongst us. You know, whether it is amongst veterans that fought in wars and despite the racism present, which, yeah. you know, you mentioned your family, my family as well. Yeah. My grandfather, my uncle, my father, mm-hmm. all military men. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, be, beyond that. Uh, you know, national identity in terms of you know uh, what Garvey was talking about. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's a it's an intricate topic because you know, and so much of the discourse and around it right now is uh, lacking. You know, it's not as mature as it should be in 2023 compared to where it has been previously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, that is a conversation on, on the board. You know, even as new African revolutionaries, Aki, uh, I, I, we both find it lacking to reckon with that national attachment, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that exists amongst us. Yeah. Just as ignoring it. Because it, it can also appear in ADOS. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or foundational black American yeah. type of thinking as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where their, their belief in... Our role in the founding and building up of this country, you mm. know, says that we deserve a piece of it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and uh, and the that's you know part of their fight for reparations. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, reparations is an important conversation too. We're about to wind into another election season, uh, and we can think about the last election season when reparations was part of the national conversation for like six, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, I believe it was, uh, what, 2016? Yeah. Something like that, so. I mean, i say this. Even when it comes down to reparations, um, I remember when I was rolling with certain organizations in the conscious community, one thing we always used to be told is that the reason why black people haven't gotten reparations is because they ain't a nation of people. Not a nation of people. They haven't stood together, stood up, said, this is who we are. And we are demanding reparations for what you did to us. <clears throat> um, ADOS, I think, sort of recognizes that in a sense. The same way uh, maybe even um, the mother organization of the New African Independence Movement, the Re- Republic of New Africa, sort of understood. 
you know, you make claims as a nation. But you you do got to be a nation. You have to formulate together, organize together, and you got to have a big enough voice to be able to influence enough of the the, the that population to want to go that route. And um, I guess in the current climate with all of these different groups, because you got some, you got the ones we recognize in the regular political movement, and then you have the ones, you know. Uh, we have the uh, Aboriginal community that's out here now. You got Moors out here now. You got Hebrew Israelites. Out. All of, everybody's talking this nationhood stuff. We were just watching uh, the, before we started recording. What prompted this conversation? We were watching uh, a lecture, a speech by Marion Bay uh, Ani Ani, and uh, where she was talking about the lack of real leadership. Yeah. And the need for, you know, real liberation-focused leadership that was courageous enough to po- to propose a political program mm-hmm. that wasn't just seeking to, to reconcile or negotiate, but, you know, really was a winning strategy of where we want to end up. Yeah. And operating off of that in a courageous type way. And there is a lack of that. You know, we see so many cycles of, you know, where we just become subservient again. To, to their political process, to yeah. their election cycles. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we got to grow past that. We got to grow past that. So uh, that's where definitely black nationalism needs to become a bigger part of the conversation going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, me and Slank, uh, my homie and Push Soul from uh, Louisville, uh, you know, we just dropped the project uh, last month at the end of February called Nation Time, which has made that same statement you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know uh fuck whatever came bef- just before us with black lives matter yeah you know what i'm saying or what came before us even in the decades leading up to this moment we living in a time now where it's nation time once again yeah it, it, it should have always been that but we lost our way yeah. because of how they put down that rebellious rebellious energy how they I, put down that nationalist movement i think it was weird because i think back when we had our first i call it the uh the revolutionary period. You know, I like to put that part in our history. I think that gets escaped a lot. They don't talk about that African Americans actually had a revolutionary period where we exercised armed violence. Or, or not armed violence, armed resistance towards the system. Rebellion became a strategy. Yeah, we did that. Um, we did that for a long time. If you count its point from the times of slavery and the numerous rebellions, all the way down to the actually late 1970s, early 80s. It was still a commitment, a commitment to um, revolutionary acts, armed revolutionary acts in the name of nationhood and liberation. Um, but when you look back then, what you sort of seen is in that heyday, 60s, the 60s and 70s, there was a culture still there. And the culture was still there. And then you had the revolutionary movement that was coming and attaching itself to the culture. There was still a community there to work from as a base. You could do work. Um, 80s hit, you know, war on drugs, mass incarceration. That destroys the community. Now you come to this point in time. We had a couple of times before this when it was nation time to call for it. And we did. We did try to answer that call. But because of the conditions of the community, it was hard to meet that answer. You know what I'm saying? Now we even in this time now. And it is the opposite of what we look to as the glory years of our revolution, the 60s. Because it was a culture there already. It was something in place. We already had one because of segregation. So we, we, we had the concept of being able to act and move as a group. We don't necessarily have that no more. We talk about that shit like we can't do it now. But we did it already. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I think the environment now is just a switch up. As if we have <laughs> enough evidence to say we can do the individual game yeah. successfully. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and that you're right, Aki, on, on every point you stated. I mean, the solution, is the, the solution is the same old thing that it's always been anytime black people have gotten success here. Unity. Yeah, co- unity. Collective action. You know, community, cooperation, and collectivity. Right. 
right there, three C's. It's always been the method that we've used to overcome, to have success in this country. Mm -hmm. We had to do it as a group. We had to do it with cooperation, and we had to do it as a community. And now we're in the point where our families, our communities, and our national unity is all disrupted. All disrupted. You know, and we need to reclaim each one. Yeah, and that, and that, woo, that's a heavy thing to take, though. Right. Because, like, that means, okay, and, and this is real. I, I say it raw. You know, I've even had moments when I looked and said, damn, black men been dismantled, black women been dismantled, so the children dismantled, the community's been dismantled. You know what I'm saying? It's a large, it can weigh on you. But you see sim you see residue of a community and a family and a man and a woman still there. You know what I'm saying? In a community or a family in a community. You still see, you know, that residue. You see people still trying. You see what I'm saying? In the working class and even sometimes in the and even in the middle class. That's you see a certain segment that's still trying. So it gives you a little bit of hope. But the reality is you gotta literally do a whole damn rebuilding of the whole damn thing. You know, um, the integration, you know what I'm saying, did that. Mm -hmm. It took a process, but it did it. And the elders who were talking about breaking that color line and all of that, they didn't know it would do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Martin figured it out until right when he went. Mm -hmm. Like, damn, this, this might be a little something deep. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, this is, we say it all the time, Martin Luther King, you know, quoted as saying, you know, I fear that we're integrating into a burning house. So if, if Martin Luther King nearing the end of his life and his growing ra radicalism uh, can admit that, you know, uh, it's high time that we do the same. And I, I think you're right as far as just the disruption to our national unity, our national unity that uh, integration inflicted upon us. Yeah. And uh, you're right. There, there was... And ignorance. And I, I don't even mean that in, in a real negative sense. Yeah. You know, a lot of it was, you know, how, how would, we, you know, of course, there there are so many examples before us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? that the, This is the country, the people that enslaved us. Yeah. You know, a lot of the families that benefited from our enslavement are still in power. Yeah. That power that our enslaved labor vested into them is still vested into them. Yeah. Uh, that power has not been redistributed. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, uh, too many of us are now trying to be modern, be American, you know what I'm saying? A lot of uh, women in our community see it as a goal to be modern women without uh, a real critical analysis of what that means. Same thing with men. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of men get stuck in the thing. They want to be these have this level of individual success, the martial, you know, whatever women or whatever experiences they want to them in their life without much care about their community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, It's an individualist. Ind individualism. You know, it's an individualist, yeah. Right, and that was one of the major evils that Martin Luther King recognized. Oh, yeah. You know, individualism. I mean, individualism, the thing about it is, is that um, that's one of the values that's been reshaped in us. We went from a collective mind state to thinking as individuals, and the so-called woke people still think that they that the individual, you know, you got to do what's best for you instead of what's best for the community. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the reasons is that because they don't believe that the community is even there. They and, and, and I mean and that I mean, they they got they may have a little argument for that. You know what I'm saying? That why what, what am I loyal to? Mm -hmm. You know, at the same time, um, you're a guilty culprit even in the past. And but also they're ignorant of their potential role in rebuilding the black community yeah. and their responsibility of doing so. We didn't come this far to become individuals. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All throughout our history as new Africans on this continent, we mm -hmm. didn't come this far, Aki. It's always been about the group. To just be just 
to diffuse ourselves within the American masses and, and, and mix in in, instead of you know, there's something significant about our worldview yeah. that we need to institute mm-hmm. for ourselves yeah. without any delay and with fierce resistance. You know what I'm saying? What yeah. did Malcolm say? By any means necessary, we're going to resist any obstruction to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We don't need white people's permission to start doing that, you know? And um, so, yeah, I mean, what I fear, Aki, to, to bring reparations back into this. Mm-hmm. I fear while on the mass level we're still on this individual mind state mm-hmm. that I, I fear reparations coming at that moment because that will increase our uh, separation from our, e- each yeah. other. Yeah, it, it will increase our disunity, Aki. And and the trick, but I'm gonna say this though, uh, as the as some of the elders used to say, Negroes love white people um I don't take it in that way but we love what this idea is I've seen people come back they went to Africa and came back and with that idea like why the hell you come back like that he's like man cause I couldn't live like that you are first ward and you are western now <laughs> that's the thing you're western now you know what I'm saying? We're Western people. The new Africans are Western people. Can't front like we're not. That don't mean we got to have a Western culture. You know, um, other peoples come here and they function correctly. And this is why that lecture, we, or that speech we was watching was so significant. Yeah. She was making the point. We, I mean, if we're not going to do those things, if we're not going to integrate, assimilate, What's the other path? Yeah. And we need leaders that are going to boldly put forward different paths, mm-hmm. alternative paths that are black nationalists, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and resonate with us. Like, and we're, we're not seeing that. Black Lives Matter didn't supply that. Yeah. Their answer was to become an appendage of the Democratic Party. Yeah. While they're telling black men, get your booty to the polls, promoting using hypersexuality or those tropes about black men. To yeah. try to sell the Democratic Party to them, showing that they don't give a fuck, you know what I'm saying? And then, I mean, like we said earlier, how I brought in the, the conversation on reparations, mm-hmm. that was all the rage during a presidential cycle or two ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But do you think that's going to enter the frame, of the 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 conversation after Breonna Taylor and George Floyd? Yeah. After America so publicly so-called gave us justice in those two cases. We know how this country likes to do. We know how showy and dramatic it likes to be to cover up its problems. Mm-hmm. So, no, that, that the reparations conversation was because of stemming from Trayvon and Mike Brown all the way up to Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. You know what I'm saying? Those seven, eight years, whatever it was, you mm-hmm. saw the reparations conversation increase because of the embarrassment that they were feeling. Yeah. And now that that moment has passed, and I think the moment of Black Lives Matter has passed. Yeah. They breathe their last dying breath. You know what I'm saying? With j- just because they spent all that time, all that money, not doing anything independent. Yeah. Not even, uh, I, you know, really, uh, you know, integrating themselves into the black community. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or growing what's in the black community. Of course, there are isolated examples, but we also know the majority of where they sent their money, uh, at least on one occasion, when we're talking about how a certain amount of millions that was exchanged, it went to nearly exclusively queer and trans-specific organizations. Yeah. And, and I'm not opposed to those groups, you know what I'm saying, having advocacy groups and money being spent in, in that arena. But it was a money grab for those groups. I mean, individually, I probably say mostly individually. These Negroes buying mansions and shit. But exactly, they did that. That was their response to the criticism they received of buying mansions, paying their baby fathers and and and, and brothers millions. And they had to give away. Some, I mean, they had to get rid of some of that money because of taxes. Exactly. So, so they cho- they choose to give it to fringe groups. 
And I don't mean this in a way that these groups shouldn't be included or, or, or are not included. You know what I'm saying? Even despite the issues. I'm not making any argument like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those aren't groups or institutions, you know, that are reflected or even purposed for the entire black community. Yeah. And we're talking yeah. about hundreds of millions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you try to pacify the people just with this identity politic led, uh, you know, uh, money giveaway. What? As if that, that like, we should be okay with with all the shit that y'all did and did not do just because y'all gave some money to a group that white liberals are most sympathetic for. I, I will say this, man. I remember seeing a special on Chinatown. San Francisco. Right? And this documentary was specifically on the murder of a traitor to the Chinese you know, Asian community thing. He was running for office. And the elders had deemed um the elders, see, they still had a culture here. Now, you know, they did what they did. They got, they came here, they invested, the wealthy bought up properties, let their kids go to school, get educations. They went and got educations, and then they said, you know, you go get involved with politics, be a little fluential, you know, get them towards that. But when he got up there, he's shown to be more addicted to the life of America than to the success of his community. They talked about the numerous amount of uh, policies and um, programs that he advocated for that were pretty much anti his community. The last straw of a sign of disrespect to that community was that he brought a white girl back there. Married a white woman. Not only did the community deem him dishonorable, his mother deemed him dishonorable. And they said he was a traitor to the mother country. They exacted justice here on him from the mother country. Now the feds, they eventually traced back to the murderer. But they even said it. On TV, in the documentary, we believe that that was financed by the Chinese-American community. The wealthy who still have ties to the, con- to, the, to the mother country. Loyalty. Allegiance. Am I saying we should go that far? But we don't have a culture to churn our leaders out of to even hold them at a standard. That's the point. That's what the culture does. It creates a standard that you got to uphold. If you go against that standard, we can excommunicate you. You know what I'm saying? We can dissolve you from our community. But we got to have that in place to be able to operate. So the people that was running Black Lives Matter, they would have been held to a standard of black leadership. Okay, it's on you now. It's your time. We haven't overcome the most recent obstacles put in front of it. Because I do think our communities are still equipped to produce leaders. You know what I'm saying? They are. But those leaders get involved in... And, and and misled efforts, yeah, or or get integrated into the Democratic Party, yeah, or 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 academia, purely acad- academic scholarly shit, or the Republican Party, or the, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But when I say the most recent obstacles, they become the FBI and the American, the U.S. government, CIA has become so fucking precise mm-hmm. and so fucking scientific. And how they oppose our movement. Yeah. And our national liberation, yeah. our national consciousness. Yeah. It's, it's, they oppose it at every level. I'm it, talking about these people, when when black student groups were launched on college campuses, the FBI mm-hmm. director Hoover put out a directive that w- we need to spy on all these organizations. Yeah. They spied on hundreds of black student organizations throughout the, the 60s and 70s. Hundreds. They had an FBI file on Aretha Franklin. If you were involved in a black student organization that talked about black nationalism, mm-hmm. black power, then you were likely part of an organization that was spied on. It was a foul on you. Yeah, whether it was a foul on you individually or the organization. Yep. There, 
it was, you know what I'm saying? Like that that's how precise that our enemy is not leaving no stone unturned. Yeah. And yeah. what what does our enemy celebrate and fund well versus what is it allowed to be denigrated publicly? We need a more critical analysis of these things. Because too many times black people are left clapping along with their oppressors. Yeah. At other black people's demise. Yeah. And Malcolm X said said a word about this. American media have us agreeing with our oppressors. I forget the exact quote. Mm-hmm. But he had a good one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, um, it, it's just at a point that, you know, we um, we got to start looking at stuff in a different manner. Um, as, as we talked about that quote, is it in the best interest of the community? Is it in the best interest of the group? Should be asked at the forefront of every question relating to politics and education and and and, and uh, hell even religion you know what I'm saying social institutions and all those types of things you need to present that question up there you know um, you got an idea put it out there you know um, and that's the thing even with us and our us being an African people but we are a western people we're an African people. You know, the co-concept of a new African is that we are African, but we are a new African nation here in the West. You know what I'm saying? And that being the case, you know what I'm saying, we are here in the West. Hell, we are really the birth of the West. Our enslavement was the birth of the West. It was the birth of the wealth. It was the birth of the uh, the global, you know what I'm saying, the capitalization of the world, you know, um, we should be the best to be able to function as a group with power anywhere in the West because we've been here the longest. And I'm not just, not only when I say the new African nation, I'm talking about the new African nation in North America, the new Africans that's down there in the islands, the new Africans in South America. The ones that's in Brazil. Because they are new African nations too. You know? That being the case, it's something that we should be really examining. And I think that's... And I I think we got enough ideas amongst us to come up with that. The point is, is putting it to the masses and seeing if the masses will accept it. You know, the concept from the masses to the masses, to the masses from the masses. That's how you give it. You know what I'm saying? Let them choose. They don't choose it, but give them something better to choose from. Mm-hmm. Just make sure it's in the best interest of the people in the community. There's definitely, uh, I mean, as, as far as just speaking on new African revolutionaries or organizers, there, you know, in so many different directions or spheres of society, there are first steps that we can organize our communities to take. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That first step might not be directly connected to the end goal. Yeah. But uh, there's work to be done. Yeah. You know, there's definitely work to be done for, you know, interested parties. So, no, nah, I definitely, uh, you know, we, we know how important this conversation is, Aki, because, uh, you know, too often it's just left up, you know. Too many people are just accepting of their status as Americans, don't really see beyond that. And, and and really have no real clear picture of what a successful black movement could or should look like. Yeah. Even though a lot of black people that, you know, uh, are currently proud Americans. Yeah. Or neutral Americans. Or mm-hmm. even black Americans who are unhappy Americans. Whatever yeah. the case may be. You know, uh, we haven't put forward that political program in front of them mm-hmm. to really test any type of loyalty or, or to test the water. I, I I will be able to say that that is true. This um, gen- especially this generation. Yeah, that is true. I, I will, Yeah, yeah, yes. I will say that. Um, there are fringe ideas, but there's been no charismatic... Yeah, that can carry that forth. That, oh. that, and that captures the will of the masses, that fashions a program that takes, an, you know, enough of what's right, 
what's current, where we're headed from each pot and mm-hmm. cook, cooks it up right. Whether it's an organization, a set of leaders, whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Be and but and we've had the potential is there. All yeah, the ingredients seen, are there. I've seen some potential people that had the charisma, and we've had the moments too. Yeah, BLM and, was a moment of potential. Yeah, for a national movement of world changing power. I mean, I've seen even leaders in the conscious community rise up in the last 15 years. That if they just had a political, a political understanding. And they weren't talking so much about aliens. <laughs> they would be able to, you know what I'm saying? They would be able to do something. We, we but, saw marches of hundreds of armed black people in the South to protest police murders. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean I, I, we had the not fucking around coalition that I was out. loving it. And, it. and what I seen from that is that, hold on, black people are organizing militias. Not even militias. Gun clubs. We don't call them militias. We call them gun clubs. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, that's, an- that's another network that needs to be strengthened. Um, I think that when you can possibly have a, um, a rifle club in every community where we dominate, um, that can form some form of protection and uh, security. Um for the men, women, and children within it. Um, we have been seeing little sparks of that, but we, it just hasn't been. And I ain't going to lie, it's a very difficult thing because you got to think that a lot of us were trying to organize with the same standards that they had in the 60s and the 70s and the 50s, but we didn't really want to, I guess, maybe either bear witness to the reality that we 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 are integrated. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about for me, I'm a I'm a millennial. And, you know, my generation was mil- we were integrated. You know, said if we were, you know, yes, it was a it was it was still sparks of the revolutionaries and the black power and the trans um the, the brothers from the generations before us. And I was one of those people that was lucky enough to get some of that. And we were the last, I think, generation able to get some of those values to but by the time we came into you know what I'm saying the Gen Zers fully integrated fully integrated fully assimilated and the next generation after them is going to be that way you know what I'm saying so we have to we have to come to that realization that now we're having to try to organize the people that don't that they believe in this America shit from the root from the root they believe in it no it ain't no racism that's the social that's a lie you know what I'm saying? They be they're gonna be like as we talked earlier, they're gonna be spitting that time and soul shit. You know what I'm saying? All of that is it's gonna go there. Mm-hmm. And so we had to figure out how to fight against that. We we can use the history, but you gotta create a program that they can buy into. I mean, it, it's we live in a scary moment, Aki. I mean, we see what worked in the past. Mm-hmm. The cultural traditions that movements have leaned on in the past, mm-hmm. the cultural traditions that leaders have leaned on in the past, mm-hmm. but now we, since we integrated academia, mm-hmm. you know, so we entered the uh, higher education system and we learned about these movements. Yeah, and now uh, in, in sociology, history, black studies, mm-hmm. gender studies departments. The, the conversation now is just about how toxic leadership is and how we don't we leaderless movements. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This idea that you know movements have moved beyond leadership. Yeah. If that don't sound like a CIA tactic, I don't know what what does. Um, you know, as, as far as like uh, that's a that's an operation they're working on us. What they don't understand, especially when you talk about men, men rank things. Men put things in categories. If a group of men come around each other, we have to establish an alpha. We don't have a problem with that. Like, we don't have a problem with that. Okay, you, you want to be the leader? Some of us want the responsibility. Some of us don't. I, I You know, and just to speak on that, Aki, I, I think there is an element of that amongst men. No, but I say this too, though. Women like leaders, too. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? They like leaders too. 
So, I agree. I agree. You know what I'm saying? And this idea that, you know, uh, th- there is a lot of stripping of agency of black women yeah. that goes on when you look back at former movements. Yeah. And Ula Taylor is a black uh, woman that mm-hmm. that's a historian. Yeah. And he's, her, she did some work on black women in the Nation of Islam. Yeah, I read that book. You know what I'm saying? Where she's, she's looking at how these were... You know, actively involved and conscious and deliberate women yeah. that were acting in a way that they saw as improving the black community and, yeah. and where it was failing or you know being misled at. And but the point I want to make about leadership, you know, what I'm saying you 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 discuss some gender or sex you know related components of it, but mm-hmm. I think there's a very 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 human component of leadership that crosses even sexual or gender boundaries. You oh know? yeah. It, oh but, yeah. It, and it, but it's just in the sense that ever since we learned how to speak to one another as humans, you know, I, I think that there's an element that the person that represents your interest when a debate or a disagreement occurs, you know, the best speaker is typically going to be the one that you would even want to... Because re- in the thing in the group IK, on the biological level, on a on a physical level, we don't have the ability to listen to four voices at one time. Yeah. So if there's a group of a hundred people, mm. say there's a tribe yeah. of a hundred people, a mm-hmm. hundred people cannot speak all at one time, Aki. Yeah. It's physically impossible. Yeah. That to, to do anything united. Mm-hmm. Uh, collective behavior entails leadership. Ranking. Be- be- order. Because how else are positions even represented now leadership might be fluid yeah. leadership might not be static there might be different models of leadership but if if you are representing a position that is opposed during a debate where other people can hear you you are a leader mm-hmm. if you are somebody who is typically given that role you know what I'm saying if that role is one that you work on as part of an institution or a movement or organization then of course your leadership is even more prominent. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, but leadership is derived from just our our uh, in, incapability yeah. to listen to multiple people yeah. at one time. Leadership really. comes from culture. You know, it comes out of culture. It's shaped by culture. And culture shape culture is uh, you know uh, the way that we respond. Mm-hmm. To our physical limitations yeah. and the physical world around us, yeah. and the like, way that you know, what I'm saying, in all in all things, yeah, culture ranks things. Culture organizes things, puts things in their proper place. System order and structure—that's what co- culture does. Creates systems, processes to how things are carried on. Order ranks it, puts it in its place. You know what I'm saying? Structure. It, it puts that's institutions, and and at its basis it creates institutions for those things to be passed on, those things to be given, those systems and those orders to be given on. It's like we're always going to produce leaders. It may be as you said, there's a hundred people in this clan, a hundred people in that clan, a hundred people in that family clan. One person is going to speak for each one of those clans because guess what? I can't. All three hundred of y'all can't speak. You're right, Aki. So then any conversation about leadership itself being toxic is a stupid conversation. But, I, I mean, you got to understand, that's, that, like, and that's, I think that's sort of where we, that's where you was going with that. Mm-hmm. Like, we got more education. Mm-hmm. We got into the higher education. But then when they got into the higher education, they got that indoctrination. You know what I'm saying? As Carter G. Woodson said, Harvard to spoil more niggas than bad liquor. Mm-hmm. He didn't say niggas, but <laughs> Negroes. Um, you know, um, we get these type of ideas from them. You know, that's that that's saying that oh, um, you know, it's toxic to have leadership. You know, that's toxic. Mm-hmm. Like. It's all it all goes against to me just common sense. But we'll put it we you know, we'll sum it up like this. We got work to do. You know what I'm saying? We got work to do. Um We we have to resist the system that's telling us 
we don't need fathers. We don't need families. Mm-hmm. You know, it's challenging our relationship with with those things. We we don't need uh, gender. Yeah. We don't need uh, uh, marriages. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't need uh, that. You know, those type of commitments. You know, it, it, the society is trying to ground us into this individual, these very s- small individual pieces. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Grind away all of our attachments. You I know think- what I'm saying because it makes us easier. To do what they will with. I think one thing too is this: that culture also establishes the natural aspects of our lives as humans. Yeah. So it is a certain like when we even have a conversation of like uh, even gender sometimes and things like that, um, which has then had four or five different definitions mm-hmm. in the last ten years. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of those things would. De- were really established you could say maybe millions of years ago just because we sort of were reproducing mm-hmm. millions of years ago um, you can't really find a culture in its indigenous form on the planet mm-hmm. that does not have a system of rites of passage and marriage it's in every culture. Even even European. You can go to the Asian. You can go to the South American, indigenous people of the Americas. It's always there. It's never disappeared. They ask the people, where y'all get this culture from? It's been there since the beginning of the time. We since we got here, since we've been here, this is what it's been. I don't think it's scan it's not scandalous to say that neither men or women, males or females, have a monopoly on providing structure Mm -hmm. within their families and communities, right? Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be scandalous to say that black men being so destabilized by white America. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're so destabilized that our role in providing structure, you know what I'm saying? And that's not saying that women have no role. Yeah. I'm just speaking specifically about men's role in providing structure has yeah. been disrupted. Yeah. You know, and it shouldn't be so scandalous to say that. And it, and it shouldn't be so sca- like it but it seems that so much of black studies, so much of the the current discourse is to accept it as a feature of modernity and for us to plan around it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um Instead of actually addressing it and what's going on with black men in an honest and scientific way, yeah, I mean the history bears the history bears out the facts, and the complaints today bears out the facts. You know what I'm saying? Um, You can hear the thousands of tropes of there's not enough good men out here, or black men ain't doing enough, or whatever. We hear enough of that out here in society. and then when you, you know, factor in that the oppression was always geared, you know, towards black males, um, geared towards our suppression, racism, was a misandric aggression against African-Americans or African males. Um, you can see why there's a sort of a disempowering of us in this system. You cannot have males within a system where you, they are not able to exuberate true freedom, justice, and equality and then expect them to sit there and be cool with it unless you have sedated them, unless you have neutralized them. Um, the male has had many attacks on him. And what we have seen is that if there was really a concern if, if you really felt that black males were needed, you know what I'm saying, um, you would support a culture that would want to produce the men that we want in the future. You know what I'm saying? And that's for the males and the females. You know, we don't put enough back into black males. We discount black males. We don't pay attention to them when they're younger. And you damn sure scared of them when they get older. 
And that's what I've been seeing lately. You know what I'm saying? This is an aggression. Um, you got to heal to, you know, you got to, you know, the two electrical charges, they both got to be healed, the positive and the negative. You know, the proton and the electron, they got to get right. You know what I'm saying? And we got to, we, we, we have to put the work and the investment into it. For sure. You know, and they, they say it take uh, almost seven or six generations to change a culture, a people's culture. So we working, we got to, we got to, we, we need to be speeding up the time. For sure. I mean, it, it's a, a black man, a black male failing is a, is a fulfillment of uh, an American expectation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We have to resist going along with that expectation. Mm-hmm. White America does not want us to, to defy expectations. Yeah. You know, they want black women to play that mammy role mm-hmm. of... You know, adhering to all the policies of the, the plantation. Yeah. Of getting the black man, you know, corralling their lazy ass to work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And reproducing white plantation culture. You know, re- reproducing white patriarchy culturally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, the mammy is not a real person. But this is the stereotype created, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, yeah. by this system. Yeah. Uh... And this is what they still are desiring of. Yeah. And uh, we have to resist that, you know. And, and of course, the you know, the black man that goes along with the same system, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, uh, without critique or just, uh, you know, buddy up or nudge up next to yeah. a woman or a system, you know, he going to say the friendly thing, yeah. the uncritical thing, the anti-intellectual thing, mm-hmm. or accept, you know, this colonial logic applied to black men. Yeah, which which rather ignore this or blame black men for it mm-hmm. instead of you know really exposing it in a way that's going to resonate. Black the black community waiting for a message about what's going on with black men to resonate with them. Yeah, in the, the form of a political program. Yeah, that's what the black community wants. Yeah, everybody can talk around it. Everybody can talk about all these fringe things. You know, mm-hmm. everything outside of that. Uh, but the black community sees what's going on. And, you know, they don't see anything for black women, you know, being outside of that. They don't see the good of the black community being outside of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think significantly, of course, this, this is not everything, but significantly, you know, what's happening to black men is at the forefront of the black community's concerns. And there's no, you know, national political movement which is willing to put it in terms that resonate yeah. along, you know, in that part of our lives. That they rather talk around it because white America, white liberals, white radicals, all of them, white Marxist, nigga, none of them is going for that militant black masculinity. Yeah, whether it's militant or intellectual. Right. Um, we also got to remember the black gatekeepers that ain't going to go for that. You know, um, if a national program was presented, for black boys, even by an organization that was trusted by the black community. Naturally, we would have a certain radical feminist element within the community that would rise up and go against that. Um, We remember the situation with my brother's keeper. Granted, that wasn't necessarily financed by us, but the minute it was presented, when they had people on deck to donate money to that, that was shot down because they said, what about the black girls? And that wasn't black men saying that. That was, um, I can't even, I don't know if to call them radical feminists or whoever, but it was that camp that came out against them. Um, and then you may get some even males that will come out against that. So maybe, you know what I'm saying, um, it still needs to be done, you know. Um, they have to see the benefit. 
That's the thing about having a community and then having a community and then you take all political actions as a community, what's best for the community? For sure. And I, I, I'm not proposing a political program that is solely focused on black men. Exactly. I, I'm proposing a political program that tells the truth yeah. and appropriately responds to what black men are going through, mm-hmm. which BLM not just refused to do, mm-hmm. but did the opposite of, Yeah. you know, drove the divide deeper, mm-hmm. especially the, nas- the national chapter and those that st- remain aligned with it despite their <laughs> such public mismanagement of funds and and leadership misleadership but you know not to get stuck on on that those conversations again Aki you know I think we covered the topic well you know kind of picking around these issues you know related to you know nationalism culture mm-hmm. and we can't talk about culture without talking about gender and religion mm-hmm. so uh you know these are the things in front of us y'all and uh you know we we got to level up the conversation most definitely Th- that's the biggest thing you know, to, to take from this convo for me. Yeah. It's time to take these conversations. We all need to get involved in mm-hmm. taking these conversations around our national identity, our political success, and, you know, and programs, whatever. We got to take it to the next level. Got you there, Aki. So, yeah. I mean, you know, um, you know, stay stay alive, stay aware. Um, I think that's what we have, we have to do. We got to question all things. The question with a logical lie. You know, um, look at things from as I've been using it the whole show. Was is it is it be, is it best for black people? Is it best for the community? Um, let look at things like that when we start thinking about politics and even sometimes decisions that you may make. You know, because you may be presented with some offers. I got a lot of numbers behind it. Oh, you don't, <laughs> don't don't end up on the wrong side of shit. You, you never know when something may go down. Yeah. You don't want to end up on the wrong side of nothing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you know, we got to, you know, be on point, be on, you know, stand on our team. Um. Yeah, with that being said, y'all, we gonna catch y'all next time. You know what I'm saying. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Yeah, yeah peace. Keep that fire burning. Peace.